The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, season 19, episode number 110. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we got a lot of things we're going to get into today. We've got to talk about some comments from Jerry Jones. He is at the Senior Bowl. Had some interesting things to say uh, about the team, about Mike McCarthy, about Dak Prescott. We'll get into all that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some uh, some other coaches, uh, some guys that are going to Philadelphia, uh, their offensive and defensive coordinators, and maybe what we think about that and how that could affect the NFC East. Uh, and then, as I promised last week, we'll hopefully get into some conversation on Dak Prescott and start kind of dissecting this thing a little bit. Patrick, you wrote an interesting article there about the quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll get into some of that talk. If we don't get to all of that, then we certainly have next week. We always have next week, and, uh, and we can bring that stuff back up next week. I'll be at the Super Bowl, so you guys have that next week. <laughs> what? You go to the Super Bowl? Yes, Radio Row next week. Come on, man! You, yeah. didn't, you didn't find a you didn't find a, a flight for your be boy. Nice. It'd be nice, be nice to come along. You could have just so nice. smuggled me in. No, I'll tell you what, man. It, <laughs> I, it, Radio Row could be fun, yeah, and it could also be just just aggravating, yeah. You know, it could be very. You know, you, there's people that you could talk to, and then there's other people that you kind of get they they get thrown on you. <laughs> right. And now and you're, you're like, who's this? And now you're trying to figure <laughs> out like how, to, how to like make good radio out <laughs> right. of this. So yeah, that's but, actually the fun of Radio Road, though, from a listener standpoint, because you never know who's going to pop up, and you never know how the hosts are going to react to it. Because you can yeah. tell when the hosts don't really know the person sure. very well. The questions are, yeah. are very strange. Yeah. The the one interview we did last year that was like it was crazy was we interviewed uh, Christian McCaffrey's mom. Yep. And that's after the whole thing that we went down, our, our show went down talking about him and, you know, and how you kind of take care of him. And uh, she called us some choice words for what we did. <laughs> and it started off like we were trying to be apologetic and nice and all that. And then she started turning kind of mean and ugly. And we went, we started being mean and ugly back to her. Yeah, it was so, interesting radio. Yeah, it, was it was interesting. So sometimes you get those kind, and then other times you don't just, mess with a mother. No, <laughs> no but, doubt. But I don't blame her. No, I, I, I don't either. I, I, that's, I don't blame that's what moms her. Do. I don't blame her for being for being as defensive of her son yeah. as she was. But she she came after Gavin Dawson and I, and and we were like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes. And then it turned into, listen here, you b word. Oh my God. <laughs> So that's the beauty of Radio Row. Sometimes you have these marvelous interviews, and then other times you get attacked, and then... Uh, but yeah, to be a part of that, especially with Las Vegas, that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, oh yes, yeah. so you guys have fun. When are you heading out? Monday? Uh, we leave Monday after our show, yeah. All right, well, you have a good time. And yeah, thanks. Bring back some stories. I'm sure yeah. you'll have a few. You yeah. can throw at us a few. The next especially show. from Vegas. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> See what's, what's appropriate for the air and what's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> 
We'll see about that. That crew you're rolling with, there's no telling. Yeah, that's, that's, it's not <laughs> no good. Telling. It's not good, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump in, though. Jerry Jones yesterday at the Senior Bowl had an opportunity to meet up with some of the media. Our own uh, Nick Harris was there as well. Did a great job um, covering that. Yeah, it was Nick good did, stuff. Did really Got some good, good, good questions, and I thought some very interesting answers. I want to start with the answer that I thought was most interesting to me which I think it could go a lot of different ways, and that's the way that I'll take it from the standpoint of getting your feedback. But let's start first. Chris, you have a cut number three ready for us. Uh, I'd like to Ooh. talk about this, and this is the one where... Uh, a production value here. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to win awards. Fans, pinky up. We can't do anything, man. Fancy. We can do Sorry, nothing around here. Come on, Amber, it's once a week show. What do, you, you know, what do you want us to do? All right. This one was particular to uh, talking about their approach for 2024, and he used those two words that mm-hmm. I don't think we've heard around here a lot all in. Uh, let's see that clip. <laughs> oh, I jinxed it. <laughs> and we're off. You did. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, I knew I should have just, this could be I just the wrote it down us. and just, like, <laughs> read it myself like I normally do. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Looking ahead at our key contracts that we'd like to address. We'll be all in. I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. So when you say, is there any thought, uh, I think we'll strain her. Uh, we'll, we'll push the hell out of it. Okay. Is, it, is that doing something different than you have in the past is, 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 in that respect? Well, it will be, uh, yeah, and it will be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. Okay. We'll be going all in. We've seen some things uh, uh, out of some of the players that we want to be all in on. And uh, yes, I would say that you will see us uh, 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 this coming year not building for the future. Okay. It's the best way I don't say it. Okay. I mean, that ought to answer a lot of questions. Okay. So I think the interesting part to me there was him mentioning all in and then Clarence asked, asking the follow up question is this different from the past? Because that's all in can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, I'll say this for the purpose of our conversation. I don't think any of us is necessarily going to say, okay, yeah, we we know this is going to be all in, whatever that means. I think everybody, including the fans out there listening, are like, let me see it before I make a judgment. But here's what I would, would like to know from each of you. What would be all in to you? Because I do think that's a different opinion for all of us of what all in looks like with this team, with this current roster of what you have and the coaches that you have. What does all in look like as you enter training camp of next year? Let's start first with you, Pat. Uh, well, first, it's going to have to start with free agency. Uh, obviously, this is a team that last year's draft notwithstanding, and we'll let the next couple of years play out before we really grade the draft, but it's not looking promising. Um, but they normally draft very well. Free agency has been their Achilles heel for a very long time, and that's because they've often been kind of tight on the purse strings as far as not playing in the first week of free agency, often not in the second week. They'll go to, like, the third week and see what kind of, you know, deals they can get. So, for me, it starts there. If you, if you want to prove that you're all in make a splash in the first week of free agency that's going to be paramount to to having the fans buy into that particular line of thinking because if if this is another offseason where you know you say you're all in and to be fair this is not something I've heard Jerry say in a in quite a while and I mean I'm talking since like the 90s I mean he's always been kind of walking the line but if he's saying he's all in and they're not building for the future I don't know how much I believe that second part because Will is still in the building Will McClay is um but it starts with first week of free agency 
when those whales start to hit the free agency market, if the Cowboys are still sitting on their hands come the second wave, going into the third wave, I I can't believe what you told me because I'm not seeing the evidence then. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I have heard him say they're all in before, but what I have not heard him say is not building for the future and worrying about the now, uh, right now. And to me, I I agree with everything that Patrick said as far as free agency and and making a splash there for sure. Not just in like having to sign your, some of your own players, because you do have very talented guys are about to become free agents, but also who is out there? Let's make a splash that way, which is very uncommon for the Cowboys to do, but also, um, I would say quit trying to experiment with things like if you're going to find a linebacker, find a true linebacker. Mm-hmm. Find someone that's true to their position. Don't try to experiment with maybe, okay, this guy plays tackle, but he could be a guard. Find the tackle. Find the guard. Find the linebacker. Keep your safety where he needs to be. So I would say uh, to me, maybe that's how I'm interpreting what all in would be. It's like, let's spend some money the right way and let's not try to get too cute with hybrid positions and let's find true players at their position. Yeah, I think you guys are on to something. I'm going to take it a different way. I think he's pushing the chips to the middle of the table and gambling on Dak and he's gambling on Mike McCarthy. Because if, if in fact that... You know, say that he lets this thing ride with Dak. He's and Dak has, and I don't know if Dak can play any better than he played this year. I I don't know if we might have seen Dak Prescott's ceiling here. We really might have. Um, but the thing that I think with Jerry and if the the approach I would look at it is, he's basically saying, okay, Mike, I'm gambling on you, and Dak, I'm gambling on you, and and if if it if you guys deliver, then I'm going to lose this bet. If you guys, uh, you know, do well, I mean, if they gamble and you do well, then the team's going to do well, likely. Then I'm going to have to pay the bet is what I'm doing. So I think that's where, in my interpretation, I like that the free agency part makes the most sense. You know, this is a team that really is big on signing their own. That, that is very important to them. They draft very well. They deserve to sign their own because they draft as well as they do. But if you want to take a different approach, he could say, I'm betting, I'm, betting, I'm betting on Mike and I'm betting on Dak. And I'm going to let this ride. And if it doesn't work and they, they, they bust, then we're going to have to start over. Then I'm I, going to bust. Basically. I'm going to bust. Yeah. I'm going to bust here. But, you know, and, and let's, let's see. You know, if, with the thing with Dak, he's going to have to pay Dak anyway. If he lets it ride and Dak has a great year and get, you get to where you want to go, you're going to have to pay him anyway. You know, right now... You know, maybe you just say, "Okay, we'll see, we'll see." We'll, you know, we haven't had the playoff success, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna gamble here. You know, you, I'm gonna make you guys gamble too. And I don't know, I don't know if Dak would leave. I don't know. Dak has a, you know, he's about to have a new family here. He's got a new home. He's got home. You know, he's built a lot of things here. It'd be hard for him to pick up and go to Nashville, Tennessee, or New Orleans, Louisiana, or someplace like that. So Jerry might be gambling, like, okay, you know, you won't go anywhere, you know, if if that's I, a bit of a gamble, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the uh, that's the approach I would look at. That he's maybe maybe they're gonna maybe they're t- they're gonna tie Mike and Dak together here, and he's gambling that they're going to deliver. And if they don't deliver, then they bust, and they have to move on. And, and I'll add one more um, variation of interpretation here. 
it's the second part of his statement, like Amber said, that really just jumps out at me. The whole and not built for the future. Yeah. What then comes to my mind is I realize you've already traded a couple fifth rounders. That's how you got Cooks and Gilmore in here. But to make that the latter part of that statement true and to add evidence to the former part of the statement, are we talking blockbuster trade here? Right. That would show that you're you're so all in that you're willing to mortgage some draft picks, some of your future, be it this year, next year, whatever the case may be. And obviously we can't say any names, but there are some names that come to mind that are around the league that are basically trade bait right now. So if the Cowboys, be it free agency, they go get one of these big whales in first uh, first wave that come free. And or they say, you know what, we're going to sacrifice the future to get a, a major whale in right now. That's how you make that statement true that Jerry Jones said. Right. And I think whether he was trying to or not, I think that's what was left with fans. I think fans probably look at that and they're like, OK, I want to see it first before yeah. I believe it. But as a part of that, what, I'm, what, what the expectation he set was we're going to be players, right? And I think that's what most fans are looking at. When they hear all in, they're like, because what do we hear every year? We we see where there's this guy available, really good player, and inevitably the Philadelphia Eagles are right there in the mix, right? And <laughs> oh, fans are like, man, it seems like they're just – and again, I'm speaking from the fans' point of view. Fans are just like, man, they just always seem like they're willing to push the chips in and say whether it works or doesn't. Because this year you could say it didn't work. They They did it this year, and it didn't work. But for whatever reason, they get the credit for they always are all in. And that's what I think the expectation is from fans now that Jerry said this is, okay, show us you're all in when it comes time for free agent. When there's that really good player that's out there that, by the way, could help your running game, could help your your defensive uh, rush game, uh, can help you up the middle, linebackers. When all those kind of players are available mm-hmm. – Let's see you be a player, and then you show us that you're all in, and I think that's the expectation he created. Whether he was trying to do that or not, I think that's the expectation he created. And now the Rams have shown that you can be all in, um, and then after that bubble bursts, you can still be contenders as long as you're as long as your personnel that you're putting together are the right type of personnel because this is supposed to be when the bubble has burst for the Los Angeles Rams. But here we are, 2023, and they were right there, playoff team that could have made some waves. So with that being on the table as well, it makes it that much more unforgivable to not go all in because now we know we've seen McVay and that crew over there in Los Angeles be able to say, hey, we went all in and we got a Super Bowl and we worried about the later later and when the later came, guess what? We were still competitive. You're never out of it as long as Will McClay can draft. Right. Because that's how Sam, that's how the, the Rams did it. Yeah. Think about it. This year they yeah. resurged because that, that four middle receivers yeah. and, and Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. So those two guys made that much of a difference. They had defensive players, too. Yeah. They, they, had, they hit on four players that were on the all-rookie team. Yeah. You know, and those were all – those weren't high picks. Yep. Those were all in the middle of the draft. And, you know, and, yeah, you can absolutely – as long as you have faith that Will McClay can draft, this team will never be out of it. You know, that's that's in these scouts and stuff. I mean, they they, they do a great job at that, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think to me this offseason, what I would like to try and figure out is why. Why do you have regular season success and not playoff success? And I was talking to some people this morning. And I wonder if what you guys thought about this. I think for, for 15 years, you might not have had the coach that could get you through the playoffs. And and it's coming to me now as I'm watching these. I think the guy at the Buffalo is a really good coach. I don't know if he's the guy that can get them to the Super Bowl. You know, I, I don't know that. You mm-hmm. know, I'm looking at these coaches that are left. 
you know, and you're thinking, what's the difference? How can you have all these all pros and Pro Bowl players and a roster that every owner and general manager around the league would covet? You know, and where, you know, and I, I look at really the last 15 years of, you know, maybe that's Jerry Jones' blind spot, you know, the, the, the coaching hires. You know, I mean, you go with the Parcells, but, you know, he came in. I, I wish they'd had Bill 10 years younger, you know, because I think you would have won a Super Bowl probably in 07 with that team, with Bill coaching the team. So, so can I pose a question back to you? Sure. If that's the case, let's assume that that's true. Yeah. Then you would look at a Mike McCarthy and say, well, he has taken a team to a Super Bowl. Right. What's different here? What's different here is what's different to me is that that I look at it as maybe that things have passed him by that way. Mm. You know, I mean, I look at sometimes you do get the right combination of players. I, I just I look at it, the Cowboys. I look at the just as the Cowboys just the last fifteen years with how good these rosters have been. Yeah. And why? You know, and, and with Mike, I, I, I feel like there's 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 just something missing there. It's it's I don't know if it's him, the staff, there's something that's missing that's not allowing you to have playoff success. And I'm looking again, I'm looking at these teams that are in the play in the they're advancing the championship games and advancing to the Super Bowl. And yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs have a, a, a one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. But they have a coach that got them there. You know, they have that type of thing. Shanahan, he's that type of guy. He could they they could bust on their they could bust on Trey Lance but somehow take the quarterback that's the last pick in the draft as we're all packing our bags up and saying goodnight. Mm-hmm. You know, they take that guy and go to the Super Bowl with that guy. There's an element there, and I'm not just blaming Mike. I'm, I'm just saying overall, maybe Jerry Jones' blind spot, as good as he, they are at assembling a team, maybe their blind spot the last 15 years, 10 years with Jason Garrett, you know, you know the last four or five years with Mike. There's got to be something here that's not translating and allowing them to get to where they need to be. The roster's too good not to have success, you know? And, and I, I, you just start to, you start to, you know, when you start to analyze things, yeah, Mike went was, you know, 2011. Uh, okay. It's pretty, pretty recent, but I just wonder, is there something that that's holding this team back on that side of the ledger? You know, that's that's not because I, I do. I look at these other teams. I'm like, well, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference with yeah. these these coaches and stuff like that? Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you. And I and this is a this is the conversation that we had. last. Are you guys week. not talking because you can't say anything? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I just think I, I think you said it well. And I don't know. I think that's the million dollar question here. This roster is too good to not understand. to be successful. Right. And I think nobody seems to understand yeah. why. Although they've had one of the best rosters, you would say in yeah. the NFL for the last several years. That's what I'm saying. Last 15 they can't years, get farther than. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, it, last week, if you remember, yeah. I was posing the same question, and I was posing the thought: Is it possible that maybe it's just the pressure of playing here is so much greater, and maybe they haven't found the elixir for that? They haven't figured out how to get the mental aspect of getting over that hump, yeah. and and the pressure that comes with it being here. 
maybe that's a part of it. Again, yeah. I don't know if that is right now. I don't think anybody knows. Think, if somebody knew, they would they would have the answer. Well, but for I, me, I don't think anybody has the answer. For right me, now. And, and the reason I paused is because I thought Amber would go in, and then I happened to look over, and Derek was looking at me, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's on me." <laughs> okay. Um, so for me, it goes back to and, and great point, but it goes back to what I was saying after immediately after the Green Bay loss. As far as the only thing that I could come up with is an intangible, but then that's terrifying because this intangible is much more difficult to mm-hmm. wrangle in if you don't have the right leadership, like the right coaching staff. Sure. And it's the mentality. It's the mental toughness to be able to go into the postseason right. and understand the pressure that's on this particular game. It's a one it's a one game season uh-huh. every single game until slash unless you get to the Super Bowl. And I, I think it's a situation where the Cowboys you have uh Brian makes an excellent point. When you have this many all pros and this many pro bowlers and these guys setting records and yeah. MVP, you have the MVP they're, quarterback. They're, right. Yeah. There is no reason We're that the best you wide receivers. In the no league. reason you should have yeah. fallen short of anything, but at least an NFC championship and then competed there and yeah. giving yourself a chance for the Super Bowl. But to fall as flat as they did, everything I saw against the Green Bay Packers, it, it was a mental failing. It was a mental failing. There were guys who were just, they didn't seem like they were the same guy even a week prior when we watched them in Washington trying to clinch the division or when we saw them being competitive against the Detroit Lions. It was a different team, but it's not a different team because it's the same personnel. So the only thing that that seems to have gone left postseason after postseason after postseason is when the personnel sets in the respective years get to the postseason, something just clicks in the wrong direction and and that is much more difficult well, I'll to, say this, come and, to terms and with this may not be from all of those seasons but i i do think we have to at least think about the fact that this year's failings could have been as simple as what we saw all season if you can't run the ball and right. if you can't stop the run mm-hmm. you are not going to be successful in the playoffs and what did we see they could not run the ball consistently, and they could not consistently stop the run. And in that playoff game, yeah. Green Bay ran the ball down their throat. Yeah, but then the coach told us before the season that he fired the OC because we needed to run the ball better. And they didn't address that. You know what I'm saying? No, all fair. I guess my point still remains, he knew. Though. He knew this was going to be a problem. He knew. I give him credit. He knew it was going to be a problem, but they never did anything to, to fix it. You yeah. know, I mean, there was never, and maybe that maybe their 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 way of fixing it was, we draft Schoonmaker, we you know we you know, we 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 get we don't practice Tyron Smith, we keep him fresh, you know. I, I I don't know. I just think it goes back to I just don't know how you have these rosters year in and year out. And I, I'll go all the way back to Wade Phillips if you want. Yeah. And I, and I and I'm not trying to just throw Mike McCarthy under the bus, but Garrett and McCarthy, there's something that that. The, 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 that it's not allowing them to have success in the playoffs. And I think the rosters are good enough. I, I mean, I just, I know the rosters are good enough, especially when you watch them play. Yeah, but you, you even talked about it this year, though, Brian. The fatal flaw with that defense was they didn't have linebackers that they, that they could rely on. Sure. So, so from that standpoint, like the roster did have a major flaw in it, right? Yeah. But to me, you're right. You're right about that. And they had to kind of mask that area. Right. But to me, you look at the offensively, could you cover with your offense the flaws you had on your defense? You know? And that's that's the thing that I always wonder is like, okay, if if you see one unit struggling, you know, can another unit pick it up? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think there's and I include the unit of the coaches. I include that, too, mm-hmm. as can you be a difference maker in these games? 
And I and I just I just think through the last I, I just it's a Jerry Jones blind spot to me that when you look at the coaches that have been hired here, that maybe that they, they don't have that what it takes to get you through all this. And the, you talk about the mental toughness or the you know the the things that you go through during the season. Good regular season coaches, and then all of a sudden you get in the playoffs and things start to fall apart. I think it's also true that in the playoffs, and and I know that you will agree, Brian, uh, to this point, when you get to the postseason, one thing that's going to help you get over the edge or get over the hump is it's going to take more than just having above average guys. You're going to have to have some heavy hitters, some superstars. So circling back to Jerry Jones saying that they're all in, well, a perfect example of what all in looks like is you're the San Francisco 49ers and you don't need Christian McCaffrey. Right. But you go and do a blockbuster trade for Christian McCaffrey, and guess why you're going to the Super Bowl again? Because of Christian McCaffrey. That's what I was going to say. Like The trade deadline came and went, and we were talking about it on here, and we all saw areas where the Cowboys did need some help, and nothing really happened. So I do agree. And and I'm sitting here just thinking, listening to you guys, and – you know, it's hard to come up with an exact answer because I was here for a good part of Jason Garrett's um, era. Yeah. Every year seemed like you got the same thing type of stuff, right? Yeah. And then with McCarthy, the only thing that I would say is like every year you feel like, okay, we changed this part. Yeah. This coaching stuff, when yeah. it got fired, you got Dan Quinn. Yeah. Okay, now we got some improvement. Okay, so you start adding elements where you see areas of improvement. Right. Even this year, now we're talking about Dax Prescott having his best year of his career. Yeah. And then you, you once again, you think, okay, well. Did we just waste this? <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could be. But I don't think anyone has really the answer um, to the See, solution. But we, I think we all agree with what you're saying. I mean, yeah. when they get to the playoffs, everything just completely changes. See, I'm not putting it all on Mike McCarthy. I think there's a, I think there's something fundamental. You ask why 25 years of not having success. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's been times where you've had the guy in that chair or the guys in those in those rooms that have been able to push you through. I really don't. That that that's to me that's the one thing that the one common denominator. How can these rosters be so good year in and year out mm-hmm. and then you not being able to see this thing through? You know, that that you know and and it it skin it seems like I'm pointing the finger at McCarthy. I'm not. I'm just saying look through the history. Look through the history of this when they've had really really good teams and you're and you fall short. And you're like, wait a minute, they're the giant. They're not the Giants aren't better than them in 07. Yeah, you know, you know the, the, the team, the, the 2016 team. You know that that's 14 team. The yeah. 14 team. Yeah, yeah you, you start to go, why are they falling short? And I, I just, to me, it's it's not an easy thing to try and identify. But when you feel like you have a roster that has six, seven, eight Pro Bowl players every year, and a quarterback that played at a pro at a MVP level, there's something not right there. Yeah, there's something not. And as much as they helped Dak during the regular season, there was some. There was a disconnect in that in that playoff game, and and that's 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 a shame. That's yeah, a was, real shame. I Let's, feel like it's time to go into overkill mode, personnel wise, because something that Ambar said sparked a thought in my head. Uh, they they see a situation that they might need help in, and maybe they address it. But what about What's to be said for 
upgrade versus simply waiting for an issue to there become an issue. There you go. Why not just upgrade mm-hmm. for the sake of upgrading, yeah. mm-hmm. right, yeah. at any particular position? Example if being— If you have an opportunity, go for right, it. Right. Example being, you know what CeeDee Lamb is now. You know what Brandon Cooks can be in this right. offense, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a guy who's a brother of a defensive guy here, for example, without me saying the name. That would be like an overkill mode, right? Yeah. Howie Roseman, he goes into overkill mode. Um uh, was Shanahan and, and yeah. those guys out there, Lynch, they yeah. go into overkill mode. Yeah. The Cowboys, for as great as they do at drafting, developing, and then p- paying some of those guys that they, they've developed, it keeps popping in my head that when you get to the postseason, who, who is the opposing team absolutely terrified of, yeah. right? Teams are terrified of Debo Samuel. Yeah. They're terrified of Christian McCaffrey. Maybe right. not Brock Purdy, but they're terrified of George Kittle. Yeah. And then you flip it to the defensive side of the ball. Now, Cowboys do have some terrifying guys. Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence would be like your Nick Bosa and, mm. uh, and guys like that. But from an offensive standpoint, and then maybe in certain spots, linebacker, for example. They don't have a Fred Warner. You, right, you don't right. have a Fred Warner. Teams yeah. are you gotta terrified. Have, you got to have waves of those That's guys. That's what I'm saying. Teams are terrified. No, it's yeah. right. an excellent yeah. point. I know Going it's to overkill. Yeah. Yeah. If you're all in. And you are going to let yeah. McCarthy coach this year out, and you are. If you're, in fact, going to let yeah. Dak Prescott enter a contract year, okay, this is a perfect time to say overkill mode. We're going to yeah. get as many terrifying guys Okay, but as here's, here's the argument that goes against that. They got nine guys going to the Pro Bowl. They got guys. So back to that point. So like, there's, so, there, so, there's so, guys, so, no, I get, and then no, there's no, no, no. that guy. No, I, I get that, <laughs> but you got— in Deron Bland, a guy that teams oh, legitimately were concerned about what kind of balls were going his way. Now, there were some ways to take advantage of him. We saw that, right? But you had to be very careful. When you came into that you game, you had to be thoughtful about where he is and what kind of throw you're going to make to his side of the field because he could turn into six points the other way, right? There are guys like that. They have players. I don't think that that's necessarily it. Now, you can make an argument, are those players showing up in the playoff games? That may be a whole different conversation, and it may be a fair conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think they got guys, and I think they got guys that other teams legitimately have to game plan around. I just don't know if those guys have shown up in the way we expect them to exactly. in the biggest moments. And that goes to the guy, the difference between being a guy, right? Tony Pollard is a guy, yeah. right? Tony Pollard can be productive, he can be effective, but he's not Christian McCaffrey, right? Right. You talk about a guy who's, I don't know if we can say this, but he's pending free agency so let me put it this way barring a new deal being agreed upon a guy like Derrick Henry for example we'll get into the minutiae. and by the way just so you know this is just a there show just we're friends it. we're just talking about this there stuff there is no relation between us and what's say happening it. on the football side of the building 100 there you go so Derrick Henry being a, a prime example of <laughs> I've gotten good at this yeah, being a prime example of lawyer appreciate you possibly going <laughs> right. into overkill mode saying okay I know Tony Pollard's going into free agency but as opposed to saying well we'll bring Tony Pollard and try to run this back with him as RB1 yeah. we're going to try to upgrade and go into overkill and I, I'm fine with the cornerbacks if you keep Stefan around and Trevon Diggs is coming back and you got De'Ron Bland, that trio can be quite nasty. But then if you look at the uh, the linebacker position, you want more from Damone Clark. Right. Overshone is a rookie who's coming off of a redshirt season and a torn ACL. He's going to require some time. We've seen that Marquise Bell, although very athletic, that flex can penalize you at times yes. when you've got uh, a guard getting to the second level yeah. and now he washes you out. So you need a linebacker. And free agency, big name, whale, first, you know, Bobby Wagner when he came available, for example. That's what I mean going into overkill mode. Yeah. This team has a lot of very, very good players. Yeah. And they have a few players that can terrify the opposing team. 
but why not get more players that can terrify yeah, and there, the there is no team. problem with that. I, I do think one thing that, that jumped out to me is I think you look at the linebacker position and talk about overshown, and you think there's going to be something mm-hmm. there. You think you got a player yeah. there. When you look at Mozzie, you say you had a first round of next year. You expect him to maybe make a leap this next year. Those are the situations where in the past I think the Cowboys sit pat and say, okay, yeah. we got a guy. We'll let him develop. We yeah. don't. We don't want to. We don't want to stop his. Pro- right. We don't want That's to stop his point. progress. Progress. Those progress, are the places yeah. where I'm like, no. This off season, go look on the free agent market. See who is the baddest defensive tackle out there. I, exactly. Get that guy. I don't care exactly. who you got on your roster. Go get that exactly. guy. Who's the best linebacker yeah. you got out there? Go, go get, get that guy. Because you you can't have too many of them. Yeah. Go get that guy and get the players who actually can make a difference for this team. I think if I was Mike McCarthy, I would be standing at Will McClay's door every single day. Like, what about this guy? What about this guy? If, if my job was on the line, you're going to try. I'm going to wear you out every day about players. Yeah, I'm going to wear you out. Okay, where do we got this guys on those draft boards? Mm-hmm. What's our plan to go get this guy? I really like Laporta, yeah. Yeah. the the tight end. Like, let's make this happen, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, I like Laporta. You know, I, if yeah. I'm Mike McCarthy and I really like a player, I am. I am. They they're going to be sick of me. Yeah. You know, walking in there and talking about these players. I'm with you. All right, we're going to take our first break, 33 minutes in. (laughs) And uh, and let me just say for the record, we will get to Dak next week. We will not not get there this show. It's a robust But we will come back. We had a couple more comments from Jerry we can hit up. Uh, We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Back to the break. All right, here we go. We're in stretch run for our buddy Sean Polite. He's your uh, 2023 Cowboys fan, fan of the year. Yeah, <laughs> let's win something. Come on. How do you really feel? Yeah. 
No, I'm just saying, let's win some. Let's go get some. It'd be nice something. if Sean Polite could win this. Let's be aggressive, fans. Yeah, fans. Like, this is on you. Yeah. Like, let's be aggressive. Vote upset. Yeah. Go get his yeah. guy. You know. But now uh, he needs your help. Uh, vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, by casting your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. All right, welcome back. It is the second segment of the Break Life Nest WBC Mortgage Studios at the, at the Star. <laughs> We've got nine minutes. Let's see what we can fit in here. <laughs> you guys have been good hosts, by the way, for the bowl game for the East West. Yeah, stuff. you went over there. Yeah, that's uh, that's some good, good talent over there. Good stuff, man. Draft yeah. show. We had a lot of fun. Uh, good yeah. stuff. Good, good, stuff. good, uh, good evaluation. Star's yeah. a great place to watch football. It absolutely is. Yeah, it really is. is. All right, um, let's get this uh, this next. Buy clip. your tickets for the event too. For what? The ticket. Buy your tickets. Oh, for the game. Yeah, I got you. Yes, Thursday yes, night. yes. Go, go check out the game. Yeah. All right, so. Jerry also I'm had to a, help you here. No, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, Jerry also had a comment about Mike McCarthy and bringing him <laughs> back. Let's take a listen to that. Uh, that's clip number one, Chris. Uh, and I understand disruption, and uh, uh, I think that uh, the nature of what we do with our roster decisions, uh, the fact that we're here uh, looking at uh, help, if you will, for this coming year here at the Senior Bowl, uh, the fact that we have free agency opportunities, the fact that we've got some uh, really uh, uh, substantive decisions to make on our roster as it pertains to particularly influenced by the salary cap, that's enough disruption for me. If I, if I, uh, we get through all of those decisions, there'll be a lot of disruption. All right. That was an interesting comment about disruption, mainly about them figuring out how they're going to change things up. I think that was the crux of what he was saying. The interesting part about that is Mike McCarthy's back. Presumably Dak is back. Yeah. As it looks right now, there's still a pretty good chance that Dan Quinn is back. So if all those three three things stay the same, and, and again, Quinn's still uh, up for jobs that have not been filled, so there's a possibility he's yeah. gone. But assuming all those three things stay the same, what would you think is the most important things the thing that Dallas needs to address this offseason to create the greatest disruption and the greatest difference maker in what they saw, what we saw this year into what would be next year. Brian, you want to go first? You know, we I think we really, in the 35 minutes we talked before, we kind of addressed that. You know, it, it, when you start to look at the rosters and things like that, they need to get back to that hitting on those two or three draft the kids that they get on the draft. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm What I'm asking more is specifically, what is that one area that if you couldn't address all the other ones, this is the area that makes the biggest difference. Is it defensive tackle? Is oh, it linebacker? I see, I see, I see. Is it, yeah. Yeah, they, they've, got, they've, got to, they've got to draft a center. My, my, they, if they if they want to run the football, they have got to find a way to get better at center, and they've got to. And I'm, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood your question. That's all good. But yeah, they have to they have to find a way to get the center, and they got to get the right tackle healthy again, and then they've got to figure out Schoonmaker and those guys have got to have a really good off season within the weight room and things. But the most important thing for them is if they really, really, really want to run the football, they got to address their center. I agree. You have to address center. I'm going to keep it to the offensive line because we've already talked about linebackers. I think that's glaringly obvious. Um, what's your left tackle situation? Because um, yeah. Tyron Smith, he's going into unrestricted free agency, assuming that no deal lands before the league year opens in mid-March. Um, and and even, if, even if you choose to bring him back, maybe like on a one-year deal, maybe two-year deal with a one-year opt-out, you still need to figure out the, the present and future at that position we know they're not going to move tyler they're smith not. that's that ship has definitely sailed um so what do you got you got matt well let's go uh you, you 
you can only hope that he remains durable, but he's now had subluxations on both shoulders. Um, you got Awesome Richards, mid-round pick from last season, didn't develop well enough to get playing time this past year despite your injury issues uh, at left tackle. So for me, you got to figure out the left tackle situation, and I think that I agree with Brian completely in that you need to look at potentially going center, or at least entertaining center yeah. as one of your top picks. Um, but that also goes right up against you might need to consider your left tackle situation with one of your top picks as well. Good point. Yeah, no, exactly agree with all that. And when we were having the conversation earlier about making those um, tough decisions, I immediately thought about, okay, you guys are the same people that were saying you would want to have Tyron Smith back yeah, on the I'm team, which is yeah. which is tough because, again, once you present your – we Uno. know it's – okay, <laughs> yeah. Uno. Uno. But it's one of those things that, okay, we've seen it happen in the past, and then I'm, I'm fast-forwarding to that moment because we history has shown that's going to happen at some point or another. And then we're sitting here talking about it and being like, man, here we go again. Who's going to be there um, to start the game? Blah, blah, blah. Is he going to play, not play? And then those are situations that you already know. So how are you preparing yourself? This is not, it didn't happen just last year or the year before. This has been going on for years. Um, so it's those type of things. And it this having these conversations, and I know we're this is part of the job, and we're going to have these conversations, and we're going to keep going. But it's so frustrating because nothing we say matters, really. Nothing we say matters. Nothing we say, we cannot predict the future. And what sucks most is even having to go through the whole season, we won't have the answer until we get to the playoffs again and really see if if this changes worked or not. But totally agree with just being able to run the ball. I think those... Um, are one of my top priorities uh, for this year as well. And, and we've talked about it already, penalties, just addressing the issue. You, yeah. Those things have hurt you so much throughout the season. It's been an ongoing issue um, that I think that they need to really, really figure out how to really address that. When they've, when they've drafted offensive linemen in the first round, they've been plug-and-play, and they've had success. Exactly. They've had really good drafts when they draft guys like that, and all of a sudden they put them in, and then now everything kind of follows behind that. They figure everything else behind that. So drafting an offensive lineman, whether it's a tackle, a center, that to me is – I have no problem with either one of those. I'll throw you one more curveball for me. It's linebacker. Because I look at yeah. three of the four teams that were playing last weekend. Oh, sure. Have studs mm-hmm. at linebacker. Yeah. Some of them have two. Not just mm-hmm. one. They got two. Like San Francisco has two. Uh, Baltimore has two, right? I, I look at that and I say, if you talk about this defense, there's a lot of areas where you're like, man, they are really strong. They got some really good players yeah. at a lot of different positions. My, th- my thought is, get yourself a Fred Warner. I know that's easier said than done. But get yourself that kind of linebacker. Yeah. That changes everything on this defense, in my opinion. You need a playmaking type linebacker that is just as good if you decide to send him at the quarterback as he is out in pass coverage, as he is dicing through the defense to make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Right. You need that kind of guy, and I think that would make a bigger impa- impact than anything else you could do right now on this team. I think you're going to have to spend money on that. Just looking I'm away at, with that. Just looking at, I'm all in. Looking at the college Over kids. <laughs> all in. Yeah, looking at the college kids, though, the uh, guys like Edron Cooper from uh, Texas A&M, it would be a really, really good option there. This group is a good, I say a good group, but what happens is there's guys that are banged up. Yeah. I mean, banged up like Sean Lee banged up and Oof. Leighton Vanderish banged up. You know, one of the best, one of the best players in, in, at linebackers, a kid named Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State. 
uh, double-digit surgeries. Mm. But one of the best oh linebackers in the country. Okay, I'm staying away from that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm That's out. what I'm saying. I guess if, Jeremiah Trotter now. Yeah. yeah, Jeremiah Trotter, love him. Uh, you know, but he's six foot. He's 230 pounds. I think if Dallas is going to do damage, going all in, spend your money on a veteran linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and get a veteran linebacker, and and the list is Proven. is a pretty pretty substantial yes, one. I think that could help you. All right, real quick, before we end the show, let's get to this final cut that we had. Uh, this one was about Dak's improvement uh, from uh, with Mike McCarthy and his offense. That's uh, cut number two. Let's check it out. We certainly have made improvement in areas. Uh, uh, I think Dak, uh, for instance, right at a key spot there with Dak. Uh, Dak has improved uh, uh, s- uh, since Mike has been here, and I think we can uh, look forward to that improvement. There's more there to get. In terms of Dak's improvement, uh, this quote Mike, and uh, uh, the evidence points to that. And so, uh, with more to get there, uh, uh, more pluses on Dak, uh, that uh, impacts a lot of other things we're doing right now with our uh, decisions we're making. So it all made sense to uh, have him back. There, uh, Jerry Jones is talking about Mike McCarthy and uh, him working with Dak. I think we all agree that Dak had one of his best seasons, and and you got to give some credit to to Mike McCarthy. Absolutely, you do for that. Absolutely. My question is specifically, what are the areas where you think that he made the difference? Like, what were the areas that in Dak's game where you saw a tangible difference this year over last year or other years? I'm going to say timing um, and chemistry with the receivers. Uh, Dak talked a lot about in the training camp and over the course of the season, the timing of the footwork and versus the release right point for the ball. So I think that McCarthy's offense served Dak and CeeDee Lamb very well in that capacity as far as making sure that in Dak's mind it, it became muscle memory, you know, one, two ball goes, goes to this spot, receiver needs to be at this spot. So McCarthy did uh, very well in that capacity, and I think that that's something that Dak Prescott and this offense can really build on. And that's that's one of those things where it's like it's, it's difficult because the fans don't want to hear about praise right now. And, I, and that's fair. I get it 100%. But two things can be true. So you can say that it was a failure on all levels against the Packers because it was. It's also true that if we're talking regular season, Mike McCarthy, first year back as a play caller after several years off from doing so, he gets Dak Prescott in the MVP conversation, makes CeeDee Lamb a Mm -hmm. uh, NFL historic wide receiver. Uh, Jake Ferguson has a breakout season. So to Jerry's point, there is something still to be built there. It just needs to translate over to the postseason. So unfortunately, like you said, Amber, like we said on previous shows, now we're going into a season where it doesn't matter how many wins they get in 2024. They they could be a 13-4 and team, 14-3 and team, and all we're going to sit here and wonder is what happens in January. He schemed more routes. He gained more open throws. And yep. moved CD around. Yep. The he did. Yeah. He did. Saw that a lot more this year. The, the first five weeks of the season, though, one very good on offense. He listened. They made some changes but he gave Dak more open throws than what we'd seen in the past. Also some pre-snap, a lot more pre-snap. Yeah, he looked uh, just a lot more comfortable in general where you talked about muscle memory. I think that did kick in this year for him where you don't see him having to really think about it that much or look around or then all of a sudden he's just throwing the ball to get rid of it. Um, I think um, his throws were a lot more precise because he was a lot more in sync with the receiver, especially CeeDee Lamb um, as a whole. And I think he mentally was just at a good spot physically, too, because even last year, coming with the injury that he had or whatever, um, 
I think he still had that in his, and that's just me assuming, just mentally there, he just didn't seem as comfortable, but this year um, he does. And I do think that can be the quarterback that takes this team to a Super Bowl. And I know that people want to talk about how bad he played in this game, and he played really, really bad against the Packers. But at the same time, it was collectively bad. It was everybody. It was not just on Dak. So I've seen Dak have really, really great games. I've seen Dak kind of, for the first time, I feel like, in his career, there were times where he carried the team. And that's something new that I had not seen before from Dak in his game as the quarterback. So I think uh, he can be that guy. You just need a... I don't, you got fixed. <laughs> you got a lot of other things. We also, things. We also saw the because, resurgence yeah. of yeah. Dak's mobility yeah. as well in this first year yeah, with Mike yeah. as a play caller. So finally, that that became a thing as well. All right, appreciate you guys joining us back next week. Maybe we'll talk about Dak. We'll see what other news transpires. <laughs> uh, Brian will not be here with us, as we found out. Yes. But uh, maybe we can get you to call in for a quick segment. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. I will on tell you what's there. going on in the Super Bowl. I'll be happy that. to do that. If any right. parents have cursed you out. Or... <laughs> <laughs> what, they, Hopefully, not. Hopefully not. Take a number. <laughs> Take a number. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week with Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!